Hello, and welcome to Line Dance Podcast with Megan Barcelia and Christopher Gonzalez. Today we are continuing with our very, very many questions that are good to ask, or whatever the name of this article is. Uh, it's 350 good questions to ask, conversationstartersworld.com slash good hyphen questions hyphen two hyphen ask which of course always reminds me of line dancer hyphen radio.com which is where you can find these episodes each and every week aired or streamed kind of sort of live or archived at linedancepodcast.com so we we are already two-thirds ish of the way through this list and uh, we do our best to try to relate these to line dance uh if there's a way to do that. If there isn't, then you just learn a lot more about Chris and Megan. All right, number 220. What would the box with all your hopes and dreams inside look like? Uh, I'm going to go with sparkly and rainbow colors and happy. And <laughs> I, I have no... The box with all my hopes and dreams look like? That's a tough one. In all honesty, um, I think it might be more of a pastel colors. Or maybe if you've if you've ever seen um, sunsets out here, they can be pre- pretty ridiculous. Out here being, out here being in California, um, or even uh, Reno, Nevada, would be another one. I just saw one recently um, that when I looked out to the west. The West had these orange and yellow and just and white clouds and just very rich colors. And as you rotated towards the East, the East had more of the pastel pink and blue and light purple that you, I imagine I always associate the colors with like cotton candy, um, all happening at the same exact time with these gorgeous white clouds still in the sky as well. So maybe something like that. Interesting. I hadn't thought about like the literal look of the box, but that makes sense. I was thinking that like inside uh, one, one of the big concepts would be just everyone being on the same team with enthusiasm. Cause I, I really enjoy when I see people who are enthusiastic about almost anything, like they could be into cleaning up creeks or inventing some new tech, as long as they're passionate about it and it looks like the future is bright and going to be better for everyone involved if they do this project. However, I also like when people are on the same team, there aren't adversaries. I, I like those movies where there's no real bad guy. There's just a problem that needs to be solved. And how can we all come together to creatively solve that? Um, so I guess the, the box would sort of showcase the best of humanity working together acting ethically and kindly towards something that's just going to make everything great as far as the look 
it might be simple and elegant like a like a tech box of some kind like a, the sort of box that has a new phone in it or something where you just like gently set the top part onto the bottom part and it slides closed kind of like an iPhone box or any Apple product but I think the the thing outside of it that would let you know that there's something special in it is some kind of note because I have gotten many notes in my life um, like if you know if, if um, my mom would you know have a, a snack or something uh, or a lunch left on the table it wouldn't just be food it would be like a little note saying like oh dad and I went out to go pick up blah 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 uh, so I left you know some apples in here or something and and then you know be just a, a like a heart somewhere on it just like a nice note and uh, I've, you know in dating in the past I've, I've had some very lovely thoughtful notes uh, left for me in various places so I think if it were all my hopes and dreams I would know that there's something like I said, exciting and um, and positive looking at the future inside it, but on the outside, it wouldn't be like ostentatious. It would just uh, have something showing care and thoughtfulness so that you don't know from the outside what the, what's in the note. Um, it could just be like a scrap of paper face down, but you know that like it's probably something um, personalized and, and thoughtful. Yeah. Number 221. Oh, but wait a second. Line dance. You know what? That's I think everyone working on the same thing is, you know, pretty applicable to line dance. Do you have any other tie-ins with line dance in there? I was trying to figure out how to make it work that <laughs> it would look like and unfortunately there's so many different things that don't necessarily form a like this is what it would look like on the outside for me um that I love about line dance so I'm not sure I'm not sure what that would look like interesting I guess you could say like we're all different colors so you know the sky being different colors would make sense and when we dance together we wear all our different outfits Number 221, what was the worst, why do they ask these these negative, what was the worst shopping experience you've ever had? I don't really have bad shopping experiences with line dance. And like even when we've had like dodgy motel experiences, like the process of shopping on hotels.com or like booking.com or sometimes through the host hotel, like it's all fun and easy and convenient. So that's not negative. My dance shoes have always been sold by professionals. Want to be sure I have like the best quality of shoe, and they tend to last a long time. Um, I buy event shirts directly from the choreographers um, when they bring them in from overseas or whatever. So uh, I can't think that I've, uh, I can't think of like a, an unsatisfactory dance-related shopping experience that I've had. Even my luggage I get from Costco. You can't go wrong with Costco. Shopping. You know what? I'm just going to say one of the most interesting or memorable shopping experiences I've had was when I bought noise-canceling headphones from a Best Buy kiosk in an airport where they have all this like hundreds of dollars uh, each equipment and you just put in your credit card or whatever they take and... 
you have this expensive pair of really nice quality headphones that actually I, I was surprised to find were cheaper than I would have expected. Um, that was completely like human free. It was like buying a candy bar, but nice flight ready headphones. Um, so yeah, totally opposite of what they were asking for, but also it was line dance related because it was on the way to a line dance event. I think it was like Hotlanta or something. When I think about all of the different events that I have been to and my reasons for going to them, uh, whatever the case may have been, there's not a single one that I can say I would never go back to because of X, Y, or Z. So I can't necessarily say that what my worst one would be. Um going and looking at it from like what would be my like most positive experience I still don't even have one of those because there's something special and memorable for from each event that I have attended that each event director has made a point to make their event special or welcoming in some fashion that I have had, you know, a running list of different ideas of how I could integrate this one thing that I really, really liked in a, in a way that would be authentic to me for my events. Um, different personalizing moments or options I mean even in like you said some of the sketchy hotel motel adventures (laughs) I like to call them um you know it's, it's all fun they're they're interesting stories afterwards I think it builds character it allows me to be look back and be like you remember that one time we stayed you know, insert name here for this event. Like it all kind of makes that event very noteworthy uh, when we're able to look at like, here's the really cool positive thing that happened and here's the not 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 so planned experience. Um, but I, I don't think I can say worst when it comes to line dance, which is quite impressive considering how many I've had the pleasure of attending. Um, I know that as an attendee, feeling like show I, me, myself, showing up mattered makes a very strong impression on me. And I generally get that sense or feeling from at least the event directors that I have had the pleasure of meeting. Uh, they, they tend to really try and make the event special for each individual person and treat it as though them showing up was the difference for the event. So I appreciate that. And that's a huge thank you to all my event directors that I get the pleasure of seeing and even working for now, which I'm very grateful for. Um, So I think that's the biggest thing because in general shopping, 
you know, I like to be left alone to my own devices, but also have someone readily available if I do have a question and, and that needs answering. Um, acknowledge that I walked into the store, but don't hound me. You know, I'm, I'm pretty capable of figuring out why I'm there and what I need. And when I need a little direction, I will ask. So I'm, I, what I like to say is I'm one of the, stereotypical shoppers that uh, you're trained as a retail employee to bug. <laughs> uh, generally, you know, you're supposed to like greet them and re-greet them and ask them engaging questions. And I'm so not that customer. I'm like, leave me alone. No, seriously. So uh, when I go to dance events, it's totally different though. I, I want it to be, I'm acknowledged and I mattered. And I think our event directors have been doing a really, really good job of each time making that actually feel the case. And a huge shout out to the event directors who really do pay attention to the feedback and the response from its uh, attendees. I also uh, would want to express my gratitude for the vendors who trust line dance people by just leaving their things out. They can walk away, they can go use the restroom. And if you are, let's say, you know, everyone's in, in, in the workshops and you're in the hallway and no one else is in the hallway, you look around, you think like you know, anything it could happen to any of this stuff. But the trust that vendors have in the line dance community i think is really nice because then you feel like well if they think it's safe it must be safe and then you feel safe rather than have you know some beefy security guy saying sorry no sales while workshops are going on don't touch that or anything like that and it's, it's like one big family so we know that nothing would happen to any of that stuff um, number 222 Gonna have to bend this one as well, I think. What story you've heard? What? It's odd uh, phrasing. What story you've heard has stayed with you? Maybe they meant that. What story that you've heard has stayed with you and always disturbs you every time you think about it? I don't really hear a lot of disturbing stories in line dance. Uh, I mean, there was the stuff that happened at Kodiak Jacks before our day with um, probably more nudity than I would have wanted to see. But I wouldn't call that disturbing as much as just, you know, product of a different time. <laughs> um, and from the sound of it, you know, people people were having a good time while that was happening because it kind of felt like anything goes, anything's possible. If I come here on a Thursday or Saturday night, I don't know what I'll see, but I know that I'll remember it for the rest of my life because you really can't get some of those memories out of your mind uh, ever. And... Um, we don't really have things like that now. Things seem pretty safe. Like I said, nothing really disturbing. And then you know, sometimes it can be hard to distinguish one weekend from another because there isn't some nudity event or whatever odd thing used to happen. Events don't really strike me as the time to have had disturbing things happen either unless there was some like really crazy choreography and somebody like fractured something but i mean nobody's said anything that i'm aware of so maybe i just don't really have a line dance related answer for this story you've heard that stayed with you always disturbs you i mean i'm really into unsolved mysteries but that's beyond the scope of line dance thoughts 
Well, I can't necessarily say has stayed with me that has disturbed me in the direct sense. I can mention the uh, hotel, motel company, The Night's In, and I'm sure that triggers a memory for you specifically sitting next to me. Um, that I, I'm certainly we haven't had our adventures with some interesting locations that uh, we thought we read all of the reviews when booking the hotel. There's something to be said about making sure you can stay at the host hotel. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we've definitely had some adventures in that sense. This, I think the disturbing story that I've heard that I can, I can say, like, it's disturbing, and this is going to be a stretch, is how many crazy and wild things for performances and whatnot that apparently used to happen at events that I have sadly and disturbingly to me missed. Um, There's something to be said about social media and what it has done for taming down people um, on the off chance that it can be on a phone in a matter of seconds and you have no idea how many phones are on you and what it's getting posted to and who's sharing it. And so I know a lot has decreased in that uh, wild and craziness, but I remember hearing quite a few stories from quite a few different individuals about several different individuals and their fun and engaging antics uh, to keep the shock value and surprise going and the whole this happened at this event and I remember because I was there. So the disturbing thing I think would be how many of those stories I have missed. Kind of related to that, uh, I've heard that you, as it was phrased to me before, you used to be able to throw a rock in any direction and hit a country bar, like at the peak of the line dance craze. Like every bar wanted to be a line dance bar because they knew it was popular. They knew that they'd get a lot of people in the door. And I guess the disturbing aspect of this is just, you know, times change and so many of them didn't, didn't make it work for you know, the changing times. Uh, so to have had those kinds of options back then uh, would have been something that I would have loved to be present for to see what whether what are the different things that get like shouted out during songs at this place versus that what are the different outfits maybe this part is more like Arizona leather and turquoise and fringe and then this this bar might be more about like plaid and wranglers uh, but like now all of that's just kind of lost to history and we can't really force a craze to happen again so all we can do is look at photos and hear the stories 
Also, um, I don't know about disturbing, but I definitely remember hearing a story about senior frogs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Number 223. What was the most important appointment or deadline you missed? I have such shame, shame over mine. And I might just pass the mic to you. What's yours? Well, clearly actually literally missed I can't say that I have one um I have had some really close close calls skin of my teeth kind of calls um there was a flight to Windy City where they had they worked they closed the door to the airplane and said they weren't letting anybody else in. And I had just gotten to the gate because it was that bad of a run through the San Francisco International Airport. And they were kind enough to reopen the door for me, even though they say they don't do that. <laughs> um, I was in tears. I was so relieved from the stress and I vowed to myself I would never, ever push it that close again. Thus far, that has actually been the case. I have not come that close. <laughs> that was enough of a horrible feeling for me that I did not ever want to repeat that. Um, so I think that would be the closest thing I can say, especially just in general in life of the most important thing I've, I've missed or almost missed and even just so happens to be directly a line dance related thing. Um, I know that uh, we have had some pretty close calls with some uh, submission for step sheets deadlines that um, when you're competing, you would think that you would have all of this done in advance so that you don't have to worry about it but uh sorry jen <laughs> miss jen cameron <laughs> there there was a, a little uh you meant uh west coast time right not east coast time so i appreciate her for putting up with me for a, a few of those step sheet submissions but other than that i generally like to make sure that I'm ahead of schedule if I if I can, especially when it comes to line dance. So um, I will hand the mic back. Uh, one of the ones that I thought of was a competition deadline. It was a non-USLDCC event, and I believe the step sheet was sent. I think maybe it was on time. I'm not sure, but the problem was um, they printed everything off and they were in the air or something something like that um, and didn't have it with them for whenever the you know, plane touched the ground or whatever. Uh, I don't remember all the circumstances, but I do remember it was something along those lines where it was in just late enough that they weren't able to get a printed copy, so it was not entered into that year's event, which, you know, it, that's okay. I, I totally understood. Um but like I felt bad about that because I, I think I don't remember exactly which dances I would have entered at that time. But I 
I seem to remember liking them. Um, and the other, ha, huh, same event. Um, I did the survivor photo at the end of one of the nights of open dance. And as I discovered the next morning, <laughs> um, when you use your camera and, um, I guess I had the settings on it that I did. I did all this, the selfie photos, etc., And the last thing that my phone had accessed was the camera. When you use your camera, like if you're you know, recording video or photo or whatever it was that you know, happened with my phone, um, it puts it on do not disturb mode <laughs> so that nobody can call in like while you're recording the video. Unfortunately, it was still in the setting uh, in the morning and I didn't call some like external force like you know the hotel desk or something for a wake-up call. So I was later than I uh, had expected to be for a morning teach. And that, uh, that, that gave me great shame. <laughs> so now I have backups of backups and um, it's, a, it's a similar thing with like the getting to the gate late. Um, you learn from it and that sticks with you. The emotion that you experience sticks with you and you do better next time. But that's how you learn. Uh, also, TSA PreCheck, highly recommend it. I would not want to travel without that, um, ideally. And since I've had it, everything has just been way easier. A lot less stress. You fly right through. Also, fun fact, if you book your own ticket and someone else with you, they also get covered in the PreCheck uh, benefits. So for anyone out there who has a travel buddy, they should try that. Uh, next question. Number 224, if you were a clown-themed superhero, what powers would you have? I mean, Roy does a sort of a clown-themed performance on occasion, like one of the French mimes, and he already has superpowers of movement, so maybe I would just have his. Your thoughts? Clowns are scary. <laughs> um, I... Oh. See, that's tough because they, they threw in clown-themed. So I'm not sure how to decipher that because we've had many a conversations about what your X-Men superpower would be, and mine would certainly be teleportation. It would make it so much easier to get all, to all these line dance events. Um, other than that, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd really have to think about that because if it's – like the one superpower that I have and I can't trade it for anything else. I'd want to make sure that I have analyze and make sure that it is indeed the only one I would choose through and through. But right now I'm going to say teleportation just because it would be easier to get to all the, the dance event events. And um, yeah. All right. This is, uh, when, I, when I think of this, I think of John Robinson and Jill Bebenek. Um, so when I, when I consider, like, what is a clown? Like, what is the purpose of a clown? It's not just to, you know, f be a stereotype and have a bunch of weird makeup and floppy shoes. It's to entertain and to make people smile. But what makes different people smile depends on their own story, their own life history. Some people like sarcasm and dry British wit, and some people like slapstick. Other people like subtlety and no laugh track. Um, 
if if you were a clown in any given circumstance, you would probably want to know your audience and know what makes them smile, what makes them laugh and uh, lightens their day. So your power, if you were an especially effective clown, would be to know how to interact with people in the way that would make them the happiest. Like, you know that for me, when I dance, I kind of get in my own zone. Whereas if Jono is next to you, you guys play together. I don't, I don't respond that way when, when I am out on the floor and somebody interacts with me. I may or may not acknowledge that I am being played with. But it is still possible for something to be happening off to my left or right. And I could just enjoy it. Like if you know Roy and Shane or, or Maddie and Shane or Roy and Fiona are all doing whatever they're doing to whatever dance. Like, For example, perfect example, Roy during Swing Your Chains. He's aware that other people are in the room, but he's not necessarily like performing. He's just kind of doing his thing. And then if you happen to notice what he's doing... You enjoy it. And he's not like, you know, slipping on banana peels in that sense of like being a clown. He is just kind of doing some stuff that's fun for him that happens to be fun for other people. So if I were at an event and I were kind of, you know, clown themed superhero line dancer, I would hopefully be able to read the people around me. And if they're kind of just, you know, doing pontoon and blah, you know, they're kind of thinking about other things, I would know how to get them out of their own head and be present and enjoy dancing in the moment. And it doesn't have to be putting on a big show. Maybe for some people it's, you know, singing along with them. Like Joe sometimes will say, you know, you know sing along if you know the words or for uh, come dance with me or pull you through. Um, and she's not doing slapstick, but, you know, she's still making people smile. Normally wouldn't think of Joe as like a clown, but uh, she has that superpower to make everyone happier when she's around. So I guess that would be the version of it that I would have at a line dance event. It's like knowing what makes people happy. 225, if you could airdrop anything you want worth $2 million or less, anywhere you want, what would you airdrop and where would you airdrop it? Ooh, I'm going to hand it to you. I... I need a repeat of what that question was. <clears throat> if you could airdrop anything you want, worth $2 million or less, anywhere you want, what would you airdrop and where would you airdrop it? Like there's this part of me that is, I don't want to say stir crazy, but very much longing for like smooth hardwood dance floors. And I would just say, where's like the prettiest, warmest climate and can I drop a lot of dance floor there so that we can socially distance and dance? $2 million buys you a lot of floor, I would assume. I don't personally know. I haven't hired any to be uh, assembled. But yeah, like a stagecoach honky-tonk style tent in a central location where a lot of people could easily access it. I'd love to do that. Um, airdrop anything you want worth $2 million or less anywhere you want. I think I would also... This would be a lot of little airdrops, but if I had some magical, I don't want to say CIA style, but like some super knowledge um, listing of people who love dance but don't have the shoes that would work best for them, I would have like this little parachute 
or balloon or drone that just drops a magical pair of perfectly fitting suede bottom shoes on their doorstep or their parents' doorstep, depending on how old they are, so that they can really live their full potential uh, of dance. And this would be a lot of little airdrops because you know, $2 million, again, buys you a lot of, in this case, boots. Yeah, when, once I process that thought or the question a little bit more, my first instinct was what I would bare bones basics need for a dance event, which would be a floor, some speakers, and some kind of music device. Uh, that would that would generally be my my going answer. Uh, to yeah, two thousand dollars or two million dollars is. Very uh, doable, I think, for a large floor, some good quality speakers, and basically a DJ booth. Um, now, where I would put it, that's an interesting question. I think you're, you're good with the, a warm enough climate that it's nice and sunny and that energizing feeling but also I would have to say like mid to high 70s maybe uh, out here in California with a light breeze is quite divine outside so something like that maybe might just because I, I can um speak for some of the venues out this direction that I've I've had the pleasure of working at for different events non-dance related um we got some really nice vineyards out here so so maybe something with a view like that or a view of the ocean that makes sure when you know it, it gets late at night you'll still be warm enough to continue to want to dance, but also cool enough that you're not dying of heat stroke. I just did like a minor little amount of mental math thinking about dividing the $2 million among people. And I have, I think, something like 4,000 Facebook friends, but not everyone would want this or benefit from it. So I would say I would pick about 2,000 people who might actually want this package um, 2,000 people who would get $2,000 worth of and this somehow also would be gently floated into their backyard um, enough dance floor that they could practice with like one or two other friends of theirs so like I'm just kind of looking at the room here and maybe oh, 15 by 15 feet would maybe be enough with a little bit of just light temperature control for the walls and you know enough elevation to keep it off the floor. So just almost like a backyard shed, like a $2,000 shed so that they can have a basic floor, weather control, lighting, and maybe, again, still one pair of dance shoes just sitting in the middle of the floor for them. And even if this sort of shutdown thing happens where everybody has to stay home, 2,000 of my nearest and dearest friends would have a place that they could dance in their own backyard. And uh, yeah, just, just have the basics, but like really nice basics. 
All right, number 226. If you lived in a virtual reality world of your own creation, what would it look like? Yeah, I think we've kind of talked about something like this where if you had a 360-degree camera, you could look around to your left or right as your device moves and see virtually people dancing whatever you're dancing to your left and to your right. I've actually recorded this on you know, Sonoma State Line Dance Club's uh, YouTube page or like, uploaded dances there. So if you are in your room with your phone strapped to headgear and you're dancing whatever dance and you're looking at somebody's back and then we all turn to the left to face nine o'clock, you are now looking at the back of the person who also turned to face nine o'clock. It would be a basic concept like that. Like you're just in a virtual space where there is dancing. However, if you want to go crazy with it, for people out there who've seen like holographic Tupac doing a concert, you could, in theory, create holograms of any line dance personality at era, any era in their life. So if you've heard stories about this one time when Jill and John went screaming across the floor during like Jai Ho or something, which I think actually has happened and is on my YouTube channel from Windy City a couple years ago, um, like you could live that. You could be in the virtual reality world on that floor and then see them flying by you doing whatever they're doing with their hands. That would help with the other thing that we had mentioned earlier about reliving some of the stuff. Um, and then you could really feel like you were there. Like a holodeck, but for line dance. So I definitely am on the same page with you when it comes to being able to have the virtual individuals dancing alongside you. I think we've, we've all kind of gotten to that point during our current situation that having people dancing alongside us is kind of important. Um, I think I'd go almost further and allow it the environmental settings that you could be dancing, you know, in Rome at the Colosseum under the stars, or you could be dancing at an aquarium, or you could be dancing in Disneyland, or, you know, under the Northern Lights. But obviously, since it's virtual, you don't ever have to actually leave where you're at. Um, so you don't have to be worried about, you know, if it's going to be too hot or too cold or anything like that, because you're at home and you can, you know, actually set the thermostat to whatever is your most preferable temperature. Uh, I think that would be where I would go alongside that so that, you know, kind of, was it uh, soaring over California is a, a ride in, uh, it's actually California Adventure, but part of the Disneyland um, park down, or down in uh, SoCal. They have a ride with virtual technology where you end up going through all these different things that you know California has to offer and they have a scent experience as well so like when you're going over the orange groves it smells like oranges kind of situation I think that would be something I would be inclined to add to the experience so if you're 
you know, dancing by the ocean, you have that salty smell. So, so maybe something like that. Number 227, what escalated very quickly? <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of things. I don't know. Um, the whole online learning, teaching, workshop thing. It's This has only been happening for, what, like two months that all this shutdown stuff happened we got back from heart of texas in early to mid-march digital dance weekend wasn't too long after that and now they're already ending social distancing retroline this week uh at the end of may but it feels like we've been doing this for ages just the costumes the countries the themes i don't even know how many people have had their individual lessons through one online teach venue or another. Um, but yeah, two months, mid-March to like mid to late May. Crazy. Yeah, actually that would, that would certainly be an escalated quickly. As soon as one or two people, sh you know, presented it as a possibility, a lot of different people ran with it in different ways that has made it, I think, nice uh, that there's a little bit of something out there for everyone to jump on. Um, other than that, I mean, I don't know if you and I have been around for line dance, like, escalations, I guess, because, you know, we're still so new to all of this that I'm not sure I have something that I can draw from other than this virtual teaching. <laughs> 20 year olds at Las Vegas dance explosion. Oh. I remember my first year, 2015. I wasn't sure the first couple times I heard it, but I'm pretty sure by the end from the various people who were telling me I was the youngest person at the entire event. Like there was some day when I was there and we were asking around and if there had been a person who was younger, I don't think that she was there that day. Like maybe she left early or something. Um, but yeah, that was, that was 2015. And last year, 2019, late night consisted of the 20 to 30 year olds. Like we have videos from Megan's first year in 2016 and then, uh, 2017 let's see it was 2017 the year that we had like Alex and Jackie and Kevin Ackelman and yeah so there were a few more by the next year we had we'd fed the Kool-Aid to some of our friends and by 2019 it was just all bar people by the end like people who go to oil can Harry's the ranch uh Stoney's the San Luis Obispo graduate the Davis graduate. And in previous years, you'd have like the Guytons and Roy's and Kinzer's type people where, um, you know, the, the kind of diehards who have been dancing for a long time, they would be the ones up late. And, but there weren't that many of them. Uh, in our videos, it would be relatively early for an event and you'd only see like a dozen people out there. Sometimes Luann's group uh, from SoCal, they would be out there. 
And then you have videos from last year when the floor is covered with people doing four on the floor by Matt Thompson and Mishy Zawinski. You don't see that at just events generally. It's not like what we would consider an event classic, like have fun, go mad or poetry in motion, but that's who was awake at whatever o'clock in the morning while our, you know, all request and main ballroom DJs were awake with them. Bar people stay up that late. And so we played bar dances and I have no idea what's going to happen with this coming year with 2020. Like if, if Vegas is still happening, well, I, I imagine at least half of those people had a great time and will be back. How many of them are going to be bringing friends? Like this all happened over the span of just a few years. I'm, I'm, I'm very interested to see where it will go from there and what other events this, this dynamic will spread to. Uh, other than that, things that escalated quickly. Uh, you and Wine Country Line Dance. I remember when you were just kind of like visiting there not that long ago, or it seems like not that long ago, and you had been dancing at Kodiak Jacks and Mavericks, and um, just like when I started dancing with Wine Country, I didn't know about like cliche love song and and blow me a kiss and who is Roy Hedisabrodo and things like that. The things that they were doing were so foreign to me because there was so little crossover. Um, I mean, even when you look at like bar and event crossover dances, like Dizzy and Chill Factor, we don't really do Dizzy and Chill Factor at Wine Country Line Dance that that often. So like what they were doing was like Roy Verdong, Niels Polson, stuff that Mavericks wasn't going to play. Um, you were in that same boat starting out after me and you already have more responsibilities than I do. <laughs> Like you DJ and um, you have helped co-host events like the Amy Darren workshop, what was planned to be the Roy Fiona workshop that's now postponed. Um, and you know you work very closely with Dolly on her Thursday mornings uh, doing her beginner dance, uh, b beginner dance classes at uh, Rona Park Senior Center, as well as now you have your Wednesday class that is technically wine country line dance with Megan instructing. So again, what year is it now? 2020. And you probably started going to wine country in 2016, 2017, something like that. Does that sound accurate? Yeah, pretty much. I was going to say, um, escalated quickly would be my, my knowledge of the dance world. Uh, it doesn't seem that way to me because obviously it's my journey. And so I just, you know, I'm exposed to things when I'm exposed to them and I learn things when I learn them. And, you know, it's, it just is what it is. Um, you know, I, I, I went from not knowing what these conventions are to attending one almost every month. Uh, so I guess in theory, that's a quick X, you know, uh, increase and according to other people um, it, that's not normally the case for attendees and whatnot so I, I guess uh, that would be a good example again you know when you're exposed to something every day you don't notice the growth quite so obvious uh, so, you know, and, and again, it's from my personal experience and, you know, I am a 
definitely thirst for knowledge individual. So I will learn as quickly as I can, you know, get a hold of information. So there's that. But I guess to others that 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 has been a, uh, abnormally fast <laughs> uh, integration, I guess you could say. Uh, other than that, I mean, I can't think of anything else that really escalated quickly uh, that you haven't already mentioned. Uh, I, I do know that uh, I'm doing the best I can in the circumstances we are given, but uh, I, I certainly miss, 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 and that, that went very quickly, dancing among other people and at events. Uh, it didn't take very long for me to miss it, so... Number 228, a challenging one. What two things are terrible when separate, but great when you put them together? Dancers and a dance floor. (laughs) No, Um, I would have to go along the lines of where we're at right now. It is, and terrible is a loose term, it is difficult to dance in one's living room and kitchen and so we've been making do the best we can without being able to be around other people. So I think it's difficult to be separated from other dancers, but it's much better when we're together. This is a tricky one because like we don't, I'm just going to kind of like think out loud here, but like we don't really do things or seek resources that are terrible even as like separate components because we don't seek out music that we wouldn't like um we don't go places that we wouldn't normally well okay that's an interesting thought i wouldn't call well terrible is a hard word yeah terrible it is a hard word like but i i because i don't want to disparage any cities that I normally would not visit but like if you if you add a dance event to any city it's just gonna make it better <laughs> but then the dance event again that both things have to be terrible and I don't see dance events as being terrible um, it seems like one of the ob- I don't have any examples of this but like I'm thinking maybe a direction one could go would be like choreographers where a person's solo work isn't you know particularly noteworthy or interesting and then another person has great music choices but they wouldn't know what to do with it or like some somebody is too ambitious they want to do all these movements but then like no one wants to hear the song and then you put them together and you've got a great song and steps that match i just i don't have any specifics i just know hypothetically that could be a case you look like you have a thought I was going to say now terrible in the sense of circumstance, not per the actual individual, but students and teachers, they need each other. So if you're a student and you want to learn and you do not have an instructor, that is a very terrible thing to find yourself in. And I am stretching the word terrible. Um, and if you're an instructor with no students, same thing, but you put them together and you have this nice little ecosystem where 
everybody benefits. So I think something like that, um, that the, it can be said about that. I know that, and I'm, I'm looking at all of the, all of this, all of my answers come from the idea of what's better together than separate. I'm not looking at whatever was separate is terrible and can't exist in its in itself and like make do the best you can. But if you had X or Y, it would be better for sure. Um, I know learning things by myself is different than learning things with others. I enjoy learning things with other people more than just by myself. Um, I do enjoy learning by myself, but given the opportunity, I will pick other people every time. What you'd said about teacher and student reminded me of also the relationship between uh, performers and an audience, where if you're a performer, if you just have that in you, like you want, to, you you like the feedback of hearing people clap or, or knowing that you showing up made a difference that like if you could sing in your house all you want, but like if, if it doesn't make anyone's day better, then, you know, maybe you just stop singing. That's kind of sad. Like if you have that in you and it gets stifled by a lack of meaning, then that on its own is kind of terrible. And if you are the kind of person that says, I want to go out, I want I want there to be something that makes this day different from every other day, but there's no event going on. There's just space. I could I could walk down the block to this restaurant and there's nothing there. There's no music playing. There's nobody who says, oh, I'm so glad you showed up. I'm about to do my set. You can be an audience person who wants there to be a thing to go to. And if there's no one offering a farmer's market or... Um, an acoustic guitar performance or a dance night, then you can't justify it. You say, why am I spending all this money to go to an open field where there's nothing happening? There has to be somebody offering the prospect of entertainment and the entertainer ideally uh, needs the feeling that them doing what they do is valued by someone. And I think that instructors can kind of be that way. It must be difficult for some of the you know, born entertainer instructors to not have their live class in front of them. Because usually you'll see some kind of repartee, some playing back and forth, the cracking wise, and then, you know, everyone just tolerating their knock-knock joke or whatever. Like the, everyone's got their own individual style. And when you have all that in you and you're thinking, oh, well, I'd love to say this to my class, but you have no class to show up for it. And if you're in a class and you say, oh, I, I know that, you know, Sally or whomever loves when I, I change my shoelaces every week. I, I can't wait to show her what my shoelaces are going to be this week. Um, or I wore something because my teacher said that she was going to be teaching islands in the stream. So I'm going to I'm going to bring my Hawaiian shirt and I'm going to stand in the front row so she knows how excited I am to take her class. You don't have an opportunity to be that good student and that front row audience to your leader, your helper, instructor person um, who you know equally values you for being there as you do for them teaching the class. Um, 
it's kind of like a healthy codependent relationship. Like when you know what your, your, your role is that's best suited for you, you want to perform it. And by having us all separate, it's harder to do that. All right, let's see how we're doing on time. We got four minutes left-ish. Uh, we'll see if this is a quick one. 229, what did you believe for way too long as a child? I don't know if I had a dance-related thing when I was, I didn't even know about line dance when I was a child. Um, what did you believe for way too long? Oh, okay, here's an easy quick one. Huh. Uh, I strummed something that I guess must have aesthetically to me seemed like a guitar. I didn't find out till years later it was a ukulele, but I was like three, so what did I know? Okay. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what I believed too long as a child that would be maybe a negative thing. Um, cause the way that that question is worded, it says like for too long. And that implies that like, I should have figured it out sooner. And I don't, I don't think, I don't think I, I can answer that. Mine isn't related to anything, but I remember when I first found out how to pronounce the word stingy, I, in my head, when I would read it, saw it as stingy because I knew that bees sting and i only ever read it in like comic books or novels or whatever so i just tried to use the logic of what i knew of language and thought stingy and then i first heard someone say stingy and i put it together with the spelling of the word i'm like weird but like i, I just let it slide because like nobody tests you on whether you know how to pronounce something that you think is a certain way if you never say it aloud no one catches you on it so you just go on for as long as you use the word never knowing the difference. Yeah. I don't know if that counts at all. Um, gosh. I don't know if there's anything dance really. Because I, I used to do tap jazz and ballet. Well, not really ballet, but like a session of ballet. Oh. Um, I used to think that when I was in the Nutcracker as like the little kid who runs around with the horn or one of the soldiers, that that was just me doing dance i didn't find out later till uh until later that nutcracker is a technically a ballet but i didn't think i was doing ballet that line dances are done to that song and ev everywhere meaning what's done at my bar is done everywhere and that these line dances were just passed down magically from the sky and that there was no such thing as choreographers way too long yep yep and you know it, there's almost also the sense that some songs or some dances are okay to song switch to because at your home bar umbop gets dance and song switched and and mib isn't always done to men in black but there are others that we don't song switch that we only do to this song even though there are no tags or restarts, you just you just accept, well, our DJ always plays it to that song, so I guess this is one that we can't do that to. No, it turns out you can do that to anything that you want. You can do any dance to any song, and uh, as John Robinson has taught in his Variating on Purpose class, like you can put something in a totally different time signature or mood, and as long as you're enjoying it, there's really no line dance police stopping you. We, we used to believe in rules, and now we just kind of make them up as we go along. All right, well, with about 25 seconds um, left, I don't mind ending a little early because then we can go a little over on another episode and it'll all balance out. Uh, for Lion Dance Podcast, this has been Christopher Gonzalez with 
Megan Barcelia. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, we will see you on the dance floor. floor.